MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Today, another delay in the Manhattan Grand Jury as they're set to break from April 5th to April 28th. A Trump supporter has been arrested for pulling a knife on a family outside the Manhattan courthouse. Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp could sign a bill that would give the state new power over district attorneys. The Supreme Court justices have some new ethics rules. Disney checkmates Ron DeSantis in Florida. Kentucky Republicans override the governor's veto on anti-trans laws. And the Biden administration has approved over-the-counter Narcan. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, AG, and our last day together for a little while. We're going to rock it out. Last day together for a little while. I'm going to miss you, my friend. I always do. I will miss you, too. I know. I do. It feels like something's missing out of my day, and it is. It's the beans. (laughs) Well, we have uh, a lot of weird news today. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting show. There is a lot. Yeah. I mean, what's going on in New York with the DA? Yeah, there's a delay uh, in the Manhattan DA case. Maybe. Uh, so they're going on break from April 5th to April 28th. Now, April 5th is Wednesday of next week. So they could meet Monday and Wednesday. I'm not sure. We haven't heard. We know they're not hearing the case for the rest of the week. Uh, or at least the grand jury met on Thursday today. But we were told they weren't hearing evidence in the Trump case, but nothing was said about a vote. So We still aren't clear. There's just not a lot of really solid information. So that's what's happening. But a Trump supporter, one, the one that showed up this week on Tuesday, pulled a knife on a family with two kids after arguing with them out in front of the Manhattan DA courthouse. Court officers who were standing outside drew their guns and took her into custody without incident. She was the only single Trump supporter there. Um, Just her. Charges are pending. So that happened. Good Lord. They are sending their best, aren't they? Mm, no, they're one. They're sending their one. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be wild. Uh, so anyway, that that happened. And we also have some uh, pretty great schadenfreude out of uh, Florida today. We'll get into that. We've got a lot of news. So uh, let's get to it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Greg Bluestein at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And if you have the means, I highly recommend you subscribe to that paper. It's really good, especially with all the news that's going to be coming out of Fulton County. Governor Brian Kemp could soon sign a measure to create a state board, a commission with powers to investigate, punish or even oust local DAs as Republicans seek sweeping oversight over prosecutors they accuse of skirting their duties. The House voted 97 to 77 on Monday to approve legislation to create the panel and the Senate followed suit. Kemp and other GOP leaders have advocated for the bill to sanction rogue prosecutors they see as ineffective or inept. The overhaul was approved over the objections of top state Democrats and prominent district attorneys who are concerned that the legislation would allow prosecutors to be removed for broad reasons, such as willful misconduct, 
and persistent failure to follow the law. Among the leading critics is Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, who has framed the proposal as racist and retaliatory. Willis's allies see it as retribution for her ongoing probe into whether the former guy violated state laws. Now, quote, whether intended or not, the majority of the world will see it as a reaction to the investigation of Trump. That's what state rep Tanya Miller, an Atlanta Democrat and former prosecutor, said. She called it a power grab by the majority to usurp the will of the voters. Supporters of Senate Bill 92 say it has nothing to do with Willis's investigation and note that key Democrats backed a similar measure several years ago. They instead point to a series of prosecutors from both parties who either resigned from office or faced scrutiny for their conduct. The measure is expected to soon become law. Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones have both endorsed the idea, and nearly two dozen prosecutors recently signed a letter backing the creation of the panel. Burt Jones, by the way, Fonnie Willis was recused from investigating him as part of the election interference stuff because she did a fundraiser for uh, his opponent. Yes. Now, both House and Senate have previously passed versions of this measure, and the latest proposal is a compromise that hashed out some minor differences. Under the measure, members of a newly created five-member commission would be charged with investigating complaints and bringing formal charges. A three-member hearing panel has authority to issue disciplinary orders and advisory opinions. The panel would be empowered to investigate and punish the state's 50 DAs and solicitors general for a range of violations. Opponents said there's already oversight for prosecutors, including laws that allow voters to recall them and a little-used provision that allows the General Assembly to impeach them. They warned of creeping efforts to weaken local control. The lone Democrat to back the bill was State Rep. Misha Maynard, who said the path to removing an inept prosecutor was too onerous. She said other elected officials have layers of accountability and that prosecutors should too. All right. Well, we will follow that and see what happens. And speaking of the higher court, Supreme Court justices and all federal judges must provide a fuller public accounting of free trips, meals, and other gifts they accept from corporations or other organizations. That's according to revised regulations quietly adopted this month. The new requirements mark a technical but significant change that lawmakers and court transparency advocates hope will lead to more disclosure by judges and justices and also make it easier for parties in specific cases to request that judges remove themselves from cases when potential conflicts arise. Huh, I wonder Hmm. what could be the impetus for this. Hmm. Gifts such as an overnight stay at a personal vacation home owned by a friend remain exempt from reporting requirements. But the revised rules require disclosure when judges are treated to stays at commercial properties, such as hotels, ski resorts, or corporate hunting lodges. The changes also clarify that judges must report travel by private jet. I think it's funny that hunting lodges is in this because it must happen a lot on Republican and some Democrats, I'm sure. But yeah, the revisions come after years of pressure from members of Congress who say the judiciary should follow ethics guidelines closer to those that apply to the executive and legislative branches. Agreed. The revised rules were adopted by a committee of the Judicial Conference, the court's policymaking body. They took effect March 14th, and that's according to a letter last week from the Administrative Office of the U.S. Courts replying to questions from Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, who's fucking awesome, who was pressed for more transparency as chairman of the Judiciary Committee's panel overseeing the federal courts. Now, federal law mandates that top officials from the three branches of government file annual forms detailing their finances, outside income and spouses' sources of income, with each branch determining its own reporting standards. Judges are prohibited from accepting gifts from anyone with business before the court, which makes total sense. 
The judicial branch, however, had not clearly defined the exemption for gifts considered, quote, personal hospitality, which I guess you could file under fucking anything if you wanted to. The revised rules address that ambiguity. Now, White House called the revisions, quote, little but real victory. The new language, he said, closes a loophole that left open an enormous avenue to real mischief by allowing, quote, free secret holidays orchestrated by one of the many interests seeking to influence the court. And there are a lot. White House and court transparency advocates pointed to unanswered questions about who paid for hunting trips of the late Supreme Court Justice (laughs) Antonin Scalia. As a prime example mm -hmm, of the need for additional disclosure. Now, in 2004, the Sierra Club requested that, and I I call them Scalia when I was like reading through this because he's a little scaly, but uh, Scalia recused himself from a case involving Vice President Dick Cheney after news reports that Scalia had flown on Air Force Two, which was the vice presidential jet, with Cheney and others on a hunting trip to Louisiana. Why the fuck anyone would still go hunting with Dick Cheney is beyond me. (laughs) Now, Scalia refused to step off the case writing in a 20-page memo that he did not believe his impartiality can reasonably be questioned the legal standard for recusal. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the justice publicly reported taking more than 200 subsidized trips during his last decade on the bench, many of those to lecture at universities for legal groups, including the Conservative Federalist Society. Scalia did not report many of his free hunting vacations, and that's according to a review of his financial disclosure forms. For instance, after speaking at Texas Tech University in 2008, Scalia joined a group of lawyers to hunt at a private ranch and made no mention of the excursion on his government form. And in 2016, Scalia was found dead of a heart attack at the West Texas hunting resort Cibola Creek Ranch after traveling there on a private plane with a prominent Washington attorney highlighting how little Americans know about the perks justices enjoy and who provides them. Got 200 trips in 10 years. That's 20 trips a year. That's like almost two vacations a month. Fuck. Yeah. <sighs> well, baby steps. Jesus. All right. Next up from Skylar Swisher at the Orlando Sentinel. This is that Schadenfreude I was telling you about. Give it to me. Governor Ron DeSantis's handpicked board overseeing Disney World's government services is gearing up for a potential legal battle over a 30-year development agreement they say effectively renders them powerless to manage the entertainment giant's future growth in Central Florida. So beautiful. <laughs> Ahead of an expected state takeover, the Walt Disney Company quietly pushed through the pact and restrictive covenants that would tie the hands of future board members for decades, according to a legal presentation by the district's lawyers on Wednesday. (laughs) So they signed this thing saying, all right, we're the board right now. Uh, We're going to leave the power to Disney and no power to the new board. Okay, bye. It's pretty great. I'm paraphrasing. There's a lot of legal stuff in here. The Central Florida Tourism Oversight District's new board of supervisors voted to bring in outside legal firepower to examine the agreement, including a conservative Washington, D.C. law firm that has defended several of Ron DeSantis's culture war priorities. Quote, we're going to have to deal with it and correct it, board member Brian Angst Jr. said. It's subversion of the will of the voters and the legislature and the governor. It's completely circumvents the authority of this board to govern. (laughs) Disney defended the agreements. Quote, all agreements signed by Disney in the district were appropriate and were discussed and approved in the open, noticed public forums in compliance with Florida's government in the Sunshine Law. An unsigned company statement read. 
The previous board, which was known as the Reedy Creek Improvement District and controlled by Disney, approved the agreement on February 8th, the day before the Florida House voted to put the governor in charge of it. (laughs) And board members held a public meeting that day, but spent little time discussing the document before unanimously approving it in a brief meeting. The agreement allows Disney to build projects at the highest density and the right to sell or assign those development rights to other district landowners without the board having any say, according to the presentation by the district. I mean, it's so beautiful. Special legal counsel. Oh, good job. Well done. Well, well done, done indeed. All right. Narcan. Narcan is the life-saving nasal spray that reverses opioid overdoses, Okay. Well, it has been approved for purchase without a prescription. The Food and Drug Administration announced that on Wednesday. This is a big deal. The long-awaited decision could dramatically broaden the availability of Narcan, a spray version of naloxone, which requires no special training to administer and has already been credited with saving thousands of lives from opioid overdose. Now, the -the over-the-counter version is expected to be made available by late summer, but its long-term impact remains unclear. It's going to depend on the price set for the spray by its manufacturer. Well... Emergent Biosolutions, that's who makes it, and also the retailer's willingness to stock it on store shelves in easy view of consumers. Now, Emergent has yet to disclose how much it will charge for the four milligram spray, and public health advocates say too high a price will blunt sales and lessen its life-saving impact. Now, the Gaithersburg, Maryland company, that's where it is, has said it will continue to offer Narcan at a discounted, quote, public interest price for government agencies and nonprofits working to reduce opioid drug deaths. Emergent won't disclose that price, though. And although groups say it's about $47 for a two-spray kit, that's down from $75 in, in years past. In a statement, Emergent President and Chief Executive Robert Kramer called the FDA's decision a historic milestone. We are dedicated to improving public health and assisting those working hard to end the opioid crisis. On Wednesday, medical and public health experts urged health insurance plans to cover the -the over-the-counter Narcan. The American Medical Association on Wednesday said it hopes the drug is covered at little or no cost to consumers. Public health experts urge stores to stock it out in the open rather than behind pharmacy counters or locked cases. And this is a quote. People may be embarrassed. They may not want anyone to know they use drugs. And this is from Sarah Wakeman. She's the medical director for substance use disorder at Mass General Brigham in Boston. Went on to say to have it next to Advil in gas stations and convenience stores in the front counter in pharmacies. It's incredibly critical. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and, me and, too. And, and the pharmaceutical companies are the reasons opioids are so fucking addictive in the first place. I mean, if you haven't seen the story of the Sickler family, watch the, watch the series. It's nuts. I hate, they're awful, awful people. Yeah. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. This is going to make a a huge difference. Yeah. This will, this will make a huge difference if it's, it's readily available and inexpensive. I'm, I'm, I mean, I just imagine like I had friends who had um, a child who was addicted to opioids and they, had a really hard time getting a hold of Narcan. Yeah. In the event of an overdose. Yeah. Um, and AG, I apologize. I just want to correct myself. It's Sackler. I knew when it came out of my mouth that wasn't right. It's the Sackler family. I don't want anyone right. to send a correction on that. So, got it. All right. Uh, I have one more quick story here. Um, this is infuriating. <laughs> yeah, it is. The Republican dominated Kentucky legislature voted overwhelmingly on Wednesday to override the Democratic governor's veto 
of a bill that will create a host of new regulations and restrictions on transgender youth, including banning access to what doctors call gender-affirming health care. The bill, described by LGBTQ plus rights groups as among the most extreme in the nation, was vetoed on Friday by Governor Andy Bashir. But it was overridden in both the state house and Senate, where Republicans hold supermajorities. The bill specifically bans surgeries, puberty blockers, and hormone treatments for children under 18. It also rejects any requirements by school districts to refer to transgender children by their preferred pronouns. In addition to the new rules governing transgender youth, the bill also puts new limits on what can be discussed in schools, requiring schools to give notice to parents about any program on the subject of sexuality and stopping lessons at any grade level about gender identity or sexual orientation. So they overrode the damage is veto. The damage this causes. I don't think people understand. This should be up to a parent, a child, and their doctor, their decisions, period. I don't understand. The Republicans are so fucking adamant about banning books saying that the parents have rights and they should be able to decide what their kid learns in school and the parents should be able to decide what school they go to and the parents should be able to decide if they're homeschooled. But the parents aren't allowed to decide to take their kid to a drag story hour. Yeah. Or the parents aren't allowed to decide with their doctor and their child about gender affirming care. So do the parents really have rights or is it just the parents you want to have rights have the rights? It's yep. fucking uh, it's the most hypocritical. Th- I mean, it, we could sit here and talk about the hypocrisy, the rank hypocrisy that will kill people. Yes. In the Republican Party. And it will not make a difference. We all know. We all know. It's just astounding to me. I just want to send out, I know there's a lot of trans and non-binary people that either listen to this podcast or have children that are trans or non-binary who listen to this podcast. And I just want to say publicly, we love you. There's a safe space here. I love you. I will fight along with you. Every day that I can, I'm doing everything I can on my end to raise money to fight this bullshit legislation that most of it's unconstitutional, but it's scary. The ACLU is going up against it. Lambda Legal, the Human Rights Campaign, GLAAD, the Trevor Project is a great organization. If anyone needs to talk to someone or they are feeling like they don't have support, please call someone. Reach out. I know this is a very scary time. Please just reach out. Please. Thank you. Thank you for that. We do. We love and support you and we see you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with some much needed good news. Please stick with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG and I can't stop talking about how much I love my Helix Sleep mattress. I fall asleep so quickly now I wake up feeling absolutely wonderful. It's a universe better than my last mattress, any mattress I've ever had in my whole life, and I'm never going back. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute online sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress for you that will give you the best sleep of your life. I am a side sleeper. I like a medium firm bed. So when I took the quiz, I was matched with a Helix Midnight. It is perfect. I love it. Everyone's different, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. You get soft, medium, firm. There's a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks, and even a mattress great for keeping you cool on hot nights. So if you need a mattress, go take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to. It'll come right to your door, ship for free. They have a 10 or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. You even get to try it out for 100 sleeps with no risk. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Wired Magazine awarded them Best Overall Mattress in 2021, and GQ Home Awards listed them as their favorite mattress of 2022. 
With over a billion hours slept on Helix mattresses and over 12,000 five-star reviews, you can be sure you'll love yours just as much as I love mine. Helix right now is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Use promo code HELIXPARTNER, all one word. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news. Good and if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, a shout out to somebody you love, if you have a whoopee story or a stuffy story or a blanky story, I love those so much. This the spaghetti squash whoopee story came up uh, so good just just a couple of days ago, if not yesterday. I love that one. Uh, if you want to show us your cat sitting in a square made of masking tape, you can send that in to us as well. Adoptable pets in your area, pet tax frogs, uh, kids, chickens, whatever you want to send us. Send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Helen in Seattle. I love Seattle. Uh, we did our live show at the Triple Door Theater. Such a cool Such theater. a great venue. Uh, greetings, AG and DG and the rest. I've been a Beans listener for quite some time now. I start my workday by listening to you and looking at all the fun pictures that everyone sends in. Your snark echoes my sentiments on many topics. And for that, I'm super grateful to have you both. First off, I wrote in last year with my blankies. I'm at Blankies by Helen. Yes, on Instagram. Oh my, y'all showed up. I donated $50 to every town for gun safety and my employer at the time uh, matched my donation for a total donation of 100 bucks. That's the good news. Second, to the person with the flags. Uh, that's uh, in reference to, yep. the, remember the guy with the oh, flag? Right in front of the Nazis, the, yeah. Right in front of the Nazis, yeah, yeah. To the guy with the flags. You are an incredible badass. After hearing AG read your story, I had to sit and process that for a minute. Damn, good on you, Tony. Finally, please allow me to share my cat-in-the-box experiment. This is Miss Apple. She loves to sit on the folded cloth I have in front of my keyboard for my wrists. It's a long, narrow rectangle, and she never fails to either sit in her loaf position on it or sit up and groom herself. My keyboard is currently in my lap so as to avoid typing any nonsensical weirdness into anything I'm currently working on. Thank you for all you do and for keeping me company during my oh work Oh my day. goodness, like right on it. <laughs> loaf. That's the loaf position, Dana. That's hysterical. So you know. Cat loaf. Oh my God, cats are so damn funny. All right, this is from Patty B, no pronouns given. A while ago, I tried the tape box on the floor thing with my cats, but they stubbornly ignored it. My floors are concrete though, and I wouldn't want to lay on them either. <laughs> Not even <laughs> if there was a tape box for me to snuggle up in. Last weekend, I decided to try putting tape box on my comforter to see if they'd be more interested if the tape was on something soft and warm. But a half hour later, I spotted them both curled up on the bed, both completely outside of the box. <laughs> the little calico peak, which now I know is a girl, and the big guy is Boo. I adopted them as feral rescues when they were three months old. And they'll be 14 in a few months. Wow. A couple of hours later, I did find Boo in the box, but I think that was only because I'd put a couple of guitars on the bed and restricted the space. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was also an accident because a bit later, I found him stretched out with his butt in the box and his head well outside of it. Thank you for everything you do. Keep us up to date on the current political nuttery. <laughs> they're like, what is this fucking so thing defiant. on our blanket? They're like, I oh, know. I guess that means we can't sleep there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the cat is right in the middle of the box, though. There are other places yeah. to sit, so 
Yeah, I think I think the cat went for the box in that one. Those are beautiful guitars, by the way. Really are gorgeous. Look at that pink. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing that's a Gibson, and then the the purple maybe looks like a PSR. They're beautiful. Look at you. Oh yeah, past lives. <laughs> I've had so <laughs> many. Um, all right, next up from uh, Todd, pronounced Scott. Okay. <laughs> pronouns he and him <laughs> introducing Otto the ginger tabby frequent flyer on cats of twitter uh, and hashtag catterday loves to be close and hugs all of his family feline or human oh look at the baby ginger baby <gasps> and the sunshine thank you for that thank you so so good all right you want to get the next one i do this is from true middle-aged Butch. No pronouns given. Both of our cats chose to nap and ignore the square test. Mommy cat, Coax, the little tabby, is on the couch. The giant, almost one-year-old son, Thunder, suspected Maine Coon mix, is in a small box, dressed as always in a floof tux. Did you know that Maine Coons keep growing till they are five years old? Wow. This mommy crawled into a friend's house as pregnant teen and had six kittens. Mama's still a bit wild and spicy. She's appointed herself chief of security and takes her responsibilities very seriously. <laughs> she can really only relax if me and the kids are all in the same room. <laughs> gorgeous child, gorgeous, gorgeous children. My goodness. Look at the baby. Oh, yeah, those beautiful kids, man. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sending those in. Lovely. Sorry the tape didn't work. So far, we aren't getting too many cats in the box. I gotta say, it's not even like 50-50. I know. Hmm. Next up from Tony, one of my favorite parts has been the listener contributions. I've shed tears of joy and sorrow many times, whether it's a story of reconciliation between a queer child and estranged parents or an elderly pet crossing the Rainbow Bridge. I'm here for it. If you start to choke up, know that I'm already far gone. <laughs> I've pulled the truck over or shut off tools more than once just to give the story a full attention or to pull myself together before I lose a hand or ditch the truck. <laughs> I was blown completely out of the water when you read my story last week. I was very emotional as I wrote it and was still in those feelings when I turned in and heard my words in your voice. Hearing your emotional reaction just put me in orbit. I know you can imagine that like many others, my feelings have been just under my skin for a long time doesn't take much to set me off anymore. And I was raised in New England, Iowa stoicism. <laughs> I have become a sentimental old poop, as Catherine Hepburn once said. Thank you with all my heart. Know this for certain. Our country and world are a better place because of what you do. You speak truth with power, with conviction, and with enough fierce humor to make it easier to keep up the struggle. I will look for you in D.C. I almost forgot. I have a shit kid say. When my daughter was about five, we were at the zoo looking at the great apes. We were outside the orangutan enclosure when only an inch of plexiglass between us and the elderly male orang. He was playing peekaboo with an old sheet and only his hand showed palm up. She was transfixed and bent down for the closest possible look. With astonishment in her eyes and her voice, she said, Papa, him's got people hands. I said, that's right. We are closely related to the great apes, kind of like we share super, super great, great grandparents. These are really our old distant cousins. Her eyes got even wider as she grokked what that really means and her universe suddenly expanded. Watching a child's mind suddenly come to new revolutionary understanding is just about the holiest thing I've ever experienced. I'm so rich in that both my kids 
have gifted me with many of these moments with their voracious curiosity. Ah, great submission. Thank you, Tony. And Tony, I I mean, I don't know. You just sound like such a good man, a good human being. And I'm glad that you're on this earth. You're raising, yeah, you're raising good kids and you're being a good papa and your bravery, all of it. So I'm sending love and a thank you, Tony. Yep. And looking forward, uh, I'll be announcing uh, when the meet and greet in D.C. will be at the end of April. So it should be a good time. Um, thank you, everybody. We needed these today. We really needed these today. And and again, sending out all the love and support and everything I can think to to the people of Kentucky and everywhere else where these absolute shit show bills are being passed Um to take away our, our rights and our freedoms. It's, yeah. it's awful and horrible. Um, and we're with you and we see you. Do you have any final thoughts before you get out of here for 8 million years? Oh my God, no. And I think I've gotten them all in. I just, I will miss you all t- terribly. Um, Albuquerque is basically sold out on May 20th. So for those of you who bought tickets, I can't wait to see you. I think there might be four scattered single tickets left, uh, if they're even there. And um, uh, I've got a few galas before then. I'll be at the Child Rescue Coalition this Friday. In West Palm Beach, we're going to be raising a lot of money for those that are catching child predators on the dark web, and they are doing the Lord's work, trust me. Um, And then uh, by the time I get back to you, I will have also been in Houston for the Human Rights Campaign Gala after a European riverboat with my ladies. Amazing. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. Thank you for all the work that you do to continue to push back against these hateful, egregious pieces of shit laws that that are going through and heavily gerrymandered states i'm just i'm yeah minority rule um it's fascism it's just fascism it really is even when a statewide race like the if you look at a statewide race in kentucky like we just covered the governor's race is blue the governor's race is blue it's a statewide race that's why you know there's so much gerrymandering going on in these down ballot elections how do you because how do you have an assembly democrat exactly Super majorities in both houses yep. for Republicans. That's exactly what's happening. Anyway, now you know, we're just preaching the choir. We could go on and on. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow with some more news. I might see if I can wrangle up some pretty cool guest hosts while you're out of town, Dana. But oh, uh, Don't make me look bad. Just make sure I have a job when I get home. <laughs> you always have a job. I love you. Love you too. Everybody, I'll see you tomorrow. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. Go Wisconsin. Vote Wisconsin. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. And the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. 
Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.